this finds you well, and thanks for joining me for another edition of Langley on Leadership. I'm Gary Langley. I'm a pastor of Reunion Hawaii Church in Honolulu, Hawaii. I'm also the overseer for the Church of God of Prophecy in Hawaii, Kiribati, Tuvalu, and Nauru. And I have some things to talk to you about today, about the business that we're in. It's very easy for us to begin to believe that we are in a different business than we're really in. We don't even like to use the word business. We like to think of what we're in as a calling, as an anointing, as a vocation perhaps, but we're in a business and we're in the people business. Very often we begin to think of it as the theology business or the church management business, or the leadership business, or some other kind of business. But when you get right down to it, we're in the people business. Our job is to connect people back to God the Father through Jesus Christ. That's that's a pastor, a Christian pastor's business that we're in. And our job is to connect to those people and get involved in their lives as much as possible so that we can facilitate those those other connections. And I have to ask myself every now and then, I have to remind myself every now and then by asking myself this question, how's business? Sometimes the answer is not what I wish it were. So I want to talk to you just a little bit today about being in the people business and what that means to us as pastors. And I want to start by just telling you a little story about my weekend. This was a major weekend for us for our church and for me personally. We have a homeschool ministry and every year we have a huge graduation for the graduating seniors and it's a pretty big production. There's you know hundreds of people there and um, there's a lot of setup to be done with the theater that we rent for the occasion and uh, technical production issues with a three camera shoot and, and hospitality. There's just all sorts of things going on and it was pretty hectic. And so we completed that event on on Monday evening and uh, we were already tired from Sunday because we had our church service and all the stuff that went with that and then we were up very late prepping for the event, uh, doing all the final touch-ups for the graduation. And so at the end of the graduation, I sort of laughingly joked and I said, don't anybody need me tomorrow because I'm not going to set an alarm. I'm going to sleep in. I'm going to go to bed tonight exhausted and I'm going to sleep until I wake up, whatever time that is. And then I have a checklist of things I need to take care of on my list. So try not to need me tomorrow. And I laughed. We're in the middle of a, a real estate transaction for the church selling a piece of property that is uh, going toward signing at the end of the week, and there are just a lot of last-minute details to go with that. And uh, it's just been a hectic season. It's been a very busy season, and I was really thinking, okay, tomorrow's going to be my day to sleep in. That's what I thought on Monday night, 
But about 5 a.m., a little after 5 a.m., we were awakened by a, a phone call, a frantic phone call from someone who was headed to the emergency room, and I rolled out of bed quickly and splashed some water in my face and pulled on some clothes and headed to the emergency room to be with uh, this this per- person that's very close to us. And they were in the emergency room. And so we were there most of the morning, and then when that all got resolved well, and the result was very good, we came home and uh, I thought, okay, now I can crash and go back to sleep and finish my well-deserved rest. And I uh, got a message from someone that needed my attention right then, and then someone from another congregation that I oversee dropped by the office unexpectedly without an appointment, and first one thing and another and pretty soon the day was going long and I was more and more exhausted and I found myself getting irritated. Irritated at the interruptions and irritated at the situation and just irritated in general. And I didn't like feeling that way. I thought that this was not a good idea. So I... um, I had to stop and ask myself what business I'm in and realize that I'm in the people business and that those people coming by were not interruptions. They were the reason that I exist. It's really hard to, for, really hard to remember that sometimes. We forget that, and um, today was a great reminder of that. Those people were not interruptions. They were the reason that I exist. I'm a small church pastor. That used to bother me to say that, but it doesn't bother me anymore. I own that label proudly. I'm a small church pastor. And in small churches, more so than in large churches, interpersonal relationships, the people in the church, matter a great deal. If you pastor a megachurch, of course people matter. But if a family leaves your church, if an individual leaves your church, you don't really notice the impact that much. It's it's someone leaving a large crowd of people. But in a small church, lives are intertwined in different ways and interpersonal relationships are really, really important. So when a person leaves your local congregation and they moves on, move on to some other place, or when, especially when a family leaves, when a whole family leaves, it has a huge impact. It changes the entire social dynamic of the church in some cases. And I'm thinking back at people who have left church, left the church that I pastor over the past years. And in almost every case, those people left over issues of relationship. I can't think of anybody really who left over doctrinal issues or controversies like that or um, everybody left over an interpersonal relationship issue, over a lack of connection to me as the pastor or to the congregation. Maybe they didn't feel like it was a good fit for them or maybe they just never really related to me or my leadership. But relationship issues in almost every single case that I can list on a piece of paper. And so I have to take ownership of the fact that I am 
an introvert in an extrovert's role. The role of a pastor is very much the role of an extrovert. You have to meet people and talk to people and not everyone you're comfortable talking to and you're thrust into uncomfortable situations when you do hospital visitations and and uh, upon the death of somebody and you're, you're dealing with the family. All of those issues. And here I am, and I think a lot of pastors are in this role. They are introverts, but they're in an extrovert's role. And sometimes we fail to relate well to the people in our congregation, the people to whom we are, we are supposed to be relating to. And it's a real problem. So I'm, I'm working on it. I'm really trying, and um, it is, it's a strain. It's a strain. I do not handle small talk well. I'm very much ill at ease one on one. I told someone recently that I would much rather stand on the 50-yard line of a filled stadium and address that crowd than sit at a table with one or two people and have a one-hour conversation. It's very different. It's a very different situation when it's very highly personal. And so I, uh, I'm an introvert in an extrovert's role. And so when I ask myself the question about how are we doing, I'm in the people business, sometimes that's a problem for me. I'm not doing nearly as well as I need to do. How about you? If you're in that same situation, I'd love to hear from you. You can add some comments here or text me or or uh, send me a message and let me know that you struggle with the same thing. I think there are many of us in pastoral leadership who are basically introverts, but we're having to function as extroverts. So my advice, I I married well. I married the ultimate people person. My wife is the person who can go into a room and immediately make friends with everyone there, and everybody's glad to see her when she walks in the room. Not so much me, but with her. She'll go into a store and come out of the store 15 minutes later, and she'll know all sorts of things about the sales clerk's life. I just go in and buy things and pay for them and leave. I have no idea anything about that person's life. But she just connects to people on such a personal level. If you're a pastor and you're an introvert, surround yourself with somebody or somebodies, some people who are extroverts who can fill that gap for you and make up for that deficit, that deficiency in your own personality and your own way of functioning so that they can be the people person that you're not because we're in the people business. I'll just touch on one other aspect of this people business, and that is that I am a task-oriented person. If I know what my job is, and I'm given both the responsibility and the authority to function in that role, I'm a self-starter. I don't need anybody to tell me I'm doing a great job. I don't need affirmation. I don't need reminders. I don't need supervision very much. I just will do my job and do it every time and do it to the best of my ability because that's who I am. But as a result of that, I tend to take other leaders for granted. I tend to assume that they function in the same manner that I function. And so very often there are people who are doing these jobs 
that need affirmation and they need direction and they need reminders and they need somebody to come up every now and then and put an arm around them and give them an attaboy. And I fail to do that very often, but we're in the people business and not everyone can be exactly the same kind of person that I am or that you are. And some of those people need different ways of being affirmed than you need. So I have to remind myself again very often that there are leaders who need to be on an almost weekly basis told, thank you so much for serving. Thank you for doing a great job. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for making a difference. And it's really hard for me to remember to do that. So if you're a leader and you've ever served around me or with me or underneath my leadership and I failed to affirm you, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not because I don't appreciate you. It's not because I don't notice. It's just because that's not who I am. And so I sometimes forget that other people need different levels of affirmation that I need. It's a great reminder for all of us. We're in the people business and people are so very different. There are no two leaders at my church who are alike. It is astonishing the breadth of personality that exists in our little leadership team in our small church. They're all so very different and I have to learn to relate to every single one of them in a different way. And uh, I just want to remind you as a leader that your leaders do need sometimes appreciation and affirmation. And right now I'm sort of working on uh, a reward system that's a little bit different and unique and I'm hoping to institute at our local church that will actually be a visible public affirmation of people uh, for their service, for their faithfulness, for their participation. It's a great thing. We're in the people business. So I just wanted to remind you that uh, people are not interruptions. They're the reason we do what we do. Introverts need to be consciously aware of the way that we interact with people and we need to surround ourselves with extroverts who can make up for the deficit in our ability to relate. And people don't usually leave us over doctrinal or organizational or structural issues. They leave over interpersonal issues almost invariably, so we need to be aware of that. And our leaders who serve with us, serve around us, serve under us, sometimes need affirmation even when we fail to see that it's important. So those are just a few things I had on my heart tonight and wanted to share with you. Thank you so much for joining me again. I hope you will subscribe to this and uh, going to try to make these a semi-regular podcast feature. Until next time, aloha and ahuiho. Thank you.